You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, welcome everybody to Making Waves, the Ship Rock Podcast. We are episode 70, and do not adjust your ears. It is Al McManus here. I'm substituting for the young, the spry, the talented, the long-locked lover of Justin Press, who couldn't make it here tonight. I think he had some, um, some more important things to do, but his legacy will live on long past this episode, and uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, our guest tonight is a five-time Grammy Award nominee, three-time Country Music Association Singer of the Year finalist for BET's Historian of the Decade 2001. He's a proud owner of many t-shirts and pants and two-time survivor of shaking baby syndrome. He and his co-host Dave Stone have released a shocking number of episodes, The Boogeyman Podcast, and a podcast not unlike this one where two gentlemen, three gentlemen chat about things that just happen in their daily life and uh, generally, genuinely comedic results. His greatest personal achievement will happen in January of 2022 when he joins a boatload of hard rock and music metalheads on the Carnival Breeze cruise ship for Shiprocked, a music charter vacation brought to you by yours truly and our staff of great people at Ask for Entertainment, on which ship he will shatter the rib cages of the sailing guests with two sets of hysterical laughter, I'm sure, custom crafted for metalheads. Lady and gentleman, please welcome star of film, voice, television, stage, and podcast, Mr. Kyle Kinane. Wow. Yes. That was a hell yes. of an intro. Thank yeah, I really, I really did it. He really called me it. earlier and he's like, can I read this to you? And I said, um, yeah, what is it? And he's like, just <laughs> shut up. And then I listened to it and I said, I didn't hear you. Uh, you kind of cut out halfway through and then you read it again. So it was it actually was, my second and a half time reading it, hearing it. It's two really and a half great. times. It's great. And it's, it's the Boogie Monster podcast, but that oh, detail shouldn't well, be, a, you know what? shouldn't upset anybody here. No, the Boogie Monster. <laughs> it's the Boogie Monster because the Boogie Monster, God, typos. I I was like, hey, he's on a roll. I'm gonna let yeah, him go no, with it. Yeah, but the great thing is right now is I can just say the Boogie Monster podcast, and then I can just fly that right in later. <laughs> oh, you sound you sound you mm-hmm. sound people know how to really Ge- finagle Ge- geeking out, Cheat. man. Is hey, this, is where, this is where fake news comes from. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it was all it was all the audio engineers. That, it's that true. It started it. Hey, and speaking of audio engineers, that's a that's a great place to start because I noticed on your podcast that there's like a super heavy metal thing that happens at the beginning of that thing, man, like a super low chug kind of thing. What, what is, is, my my co-host Dave is the one who like he worked in radio, so he had edited stuff together. I'm not quite sure. I think we got a few intros that go into it, mm-hmm. but he got me into like bands like Clutch and uh, you know uh, was like Bongzilla. It's like the real heavy stoner stuff. 
which is I do like, but then there's moments where you're like, oh, this just feels like like an intestinal disease. It yeah, feels the, like yeah, the soundtrack to like a bowel issue. Right. Uh, IBS. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Clutch. Somebody's using, somebody got the seven string bass and they're using all of them. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The, the clutch tour sponsored by Emodium. <laughs> That's yeah. actually where the name of the boogie monster came from as we were at a clutch show. I was like, I like this guy because he's kind of fun, but then he just makes boogie monster noises in between lyrics because he's like, and I'm doing a crazy thing. That's how we came up so, with the name of the podcast. They're so great. There's a great live band, aren't they? That's amazing. It was. Yeah, just every song has a breakdown where he's like, Mwah! like haunted house noises. I'm like, this guy's hilarious. I wonder if that's how Matt Pike got his name uh, for the band Sleep. Just like, what does this sound like to you? And he looks around the room and everybody else is just sleeping. Because that's exactly how I feel after too much yeah. of that shit myself. is like, man, this is a little bit kind of, mm, I'm going to go to bed now. It has its, everything has its time and place. I, there was a moment where we were camping. Dave and I were, we were actually camping on Joshua Tree. And the people we were camping with left already. My van was stuck. So I was sitting there just digging. Like I'm digging a hole in the desert and with the sun <laughs> high in the sky, which is already a morose feeling. It's already just vulture bait. And Dave was just making ribs on a grill by himself on the other end of the campsite. And it wasn't even like a campground, just, you know, open use land in the desert. And he was just listening to sleep with just smoke coming up from the hot desert with ribs out on it. And I'm digging a hole. I'm like, can we change the soundtrack right now? Cause it, this is, this is the song that plays when you die like this. Right. You're going to so, shove me into this hole that I'm digging. Yeah. How about a little ska music to lighten the mood? Man? I need some, <laughs> I need some yeah. horns and something silly going it's a yacht on. Yacht rock, to, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some hollow notes. Yeah. Can we please? <laughs> the, the tension here. Can we please get caught between the moon and New York City? <laughs> I need, yeah. I need something. Yeah, right now. Give, I'd like to waste away in Margaritaville for a moment, if you don't mind. <laughs> So, uh, so many questions. So speaking of the music, it's, it's refreshing for us. Chad and I talked a little earlier doing a little prep for this and it's like, it's super refreshing, certainly for Chad having hosted all these episodes and for me kind of being in the background and editing and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of similarities I feel like from a road dog standpoint, right? I mean, between you and between traveling musicians, I mean, traveling is traveling and performing in front of people and expectations of yourself and crowds and night to night. I mean, sometimes you feel like sure. you're part of that part of that musical traveling community. Yeah, I think uh, realizing that bands take nights off, like you know, as a as a fan and a consumer for so long. Because I mean, I'm from like I came up through like the all ages punk scene in Chicago and see like, and that was a little you know obviously a lot lower stakes in these big stadium tours that bands do, but that you think every night is backstage and it's just a, that footage of, you know, people just throwing Jack Daniels bottles and naked. And then there's nights where it's like, no, I think I need, I'm just, we're going to get some sleep tonight. We've got a mm -hmm. veggie platter backstage, mm -hmm. you know, just like realizing that that, that is acceptable. Like you can't do that shit every night. Well, maybe not anymore. I'm 45. So maybe that's why it's age speaking like that. Right. But sure. dude, I think about having to split my pay with like five other guys. Fuck that, man. That's way better being a stand-up. Yeah. I got no gear. I got mm -hmm. I just show up. I don't have to pay out a roadie. Oh man, you guys got a raw deal being in rock bands. Yeah. I mean, sure, all the ladies and fame or whatever, but 
but you know, but, but you know, love those cabs. No, thank you. <laughs> but I you know, wait for somebody to load out the drums to get back to the hotel. <laughs> yes. You know, Chad, you can speak to that though. I mean, what about the mod? Cause you toured heavily for up until uh, a couple of years ago, you toured heavily for hell a decade. What is that? To me, it doesn't seem like there was much of the super party lifestyle. The, a lot of the bands that I see now, there's a lot of Xbox. There's a lot of social media. There's a lot of, you know, cell phone stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, Chad, did you experience that in the last 10 years? Other than the obvious bands that are out there just going haywire and that's what they do. Yeah. But I think there has been a paradigm shift. Has there not in, in, in rock and roll touring as far as bands that are really beating it down? Yeah, I mean, the the reality of it, uh, Kyle, you mentioned the hall scene. That's how I grew up, too. I used to rent the VFW halls in my small town and bring all the speakers, right? You know, and we'd charge three mm-hmm. bucks, five bucks, much like, a, you know, we find places like Fireside Bowl. You're, you're from Chicago oh, area, right? Okay, yeah, now we're talking, sure. So sure. we're thinking, like, but what's that like? What's the after show? No, after show is a bunch of nerds hanging out at Denny's or whatever version of the 24-hour diner, smashing coffee mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, then they got to take their shit back to a practice space because they have uh, responsible for all the gear there. Now you can take and compartmentalize that over the 20 years of what it was to tour. Once you hit a tour bus, which Wilson as a band did uh, like a half of a tour once in the bus. Other than that, you're responsible for your own lives and livelihoods to get to and fro. So you can party when you know that like, it's not your drive or uh, you know, that night or, you have the night off. And uh, I mean, uh, Kyle, you probably have tons of stories of being in these clubs over the years where on after your late show on a Friday or a Saturday, the last thing that you want to fucking do is stay up out in that hallway selling merch and then go into a bar with somebody, you know, you're just tired. I would, I would assume. Yeah, I think, and I, yeah, I don't want to like, boy, let's get ready for ship rock and talk about (laughs) how nobody parties anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with, I, I'll say, I noticed with like younger people too, I think they've seen enough examples of people who just drink and go to excess and with social media, how much that's been shared. And it's really not glamorous. It's just like, Hey man, uh, you're like, uh, in your mid forties and you're still like, ah, doing shots. Like that kind of looks sad, buddy. I mean, <laughs> don't, don't catch me, catch me in the right corner on this, on this boat ride and we'll be having a good time. But, uh, but I think that like, like yeah, I don't, uh, I've nothing after midnight is going to surprise me anymore. Like right. I've done it. I've seen, it. I'm grateful for it. I'm, uh, I'm uh, grateful for how few scars I've gotten through those nights, but you're not going to be like, but then we're going to go here and it's going to be wild. I, I, I trust that it will be for it will you. Be. Yes. I've been around wild. I've been wild. I made it through. Oof. <laughs> Yeah. You kids have fun out there. Yeah. My, Tell me about it. You know, craft a fun story about it. That's yeah. how I got to where I'm telling crazy stories. Now my stories are like, man, this cat that I'm looking after sure has the shits. <laughs> and that's fine. That's exciting to yeah. me now. It doesn't have to be. Nobody wants to hear a 45 year old talking about doing like rails of Coke and then 
fight in the sunrise. Right. Except for me and Chad right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, really? Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of rails of Coke and fighting the sunrise, when you're out, when you're out there on tour, much like I'm talking about this van and trailer shit, right? You get to see all the wild shit. That's the part that I think like, yes, we party. Yes. We've done lots of drugs, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing at the time period. But now it's more or less like I have to get here to there. And this isn't the funnest time of this entire adventure is the driving and doing the whole, like stopping at a gas station and trying to figure out what piece of shit you're going to put in your stomach that night. But yeah. you have a way worse, I think, if I was to imagine a, a like a two-month-long tour that aren't just clubs on Fridays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. but doing club rooms. And I booked, yeah. uh, I booked you in these specific rooms here in Detroit, Michigan a few times now, and I've seen your exit. Could you explain to the other people how what it's like to be uh, a comedian on the road doing a full tour uh, in general, it's uh, yeah, Detroit. That's where we played uh, Crowfoot. I think is when I was playing up there. there That's my, my room. I had that hoodie on. I had the staff hoodie they gave us. I got it stunk it up yesterday. Um, it's it really is. You know, if you want to treat this thing like I feel in a moment of sincerity here, I feel very fortunate that I this is the lifestyle I had. I just was talking to somebody today about this about. Maybe we don't all get to be superstars, but what if you got to live a middle-class life doing exactly the thing you wanted to? Mm-hmm. What if just, I don't have, you know, I, I'm not phenomenally rich or phenomenally famous, but all my bills are paid because I tell jokes. Mm-hmm. So now that I've put that in jeopardy for so many years of partying and trying to be the guy, for, you party and then you tell stories about partying and that attracts other people that want to party with you. And there's a brief moment where that overlaps. You're the partier and the crowd wants to see the party. And you're like, Oh, now I'm fulfilling expectations as opposed to having maybe a, a good time that I wanted to have. You're like, well, people expect this of me. And then that gets a little scary and it gets a little sad and you get older and you realize oh, I can't keep being this guy. Um, so I can either fake it. You know, I could either drink a little tumbler glass full of apple juice and pretend it's scotch and just Dean Martin myself. <laughs> Ugh, I'm super drunk. No. Or I could try to be true to the thing I'm doing with stand up, which is talk about my actual life and hope that people realize, like, yeah, he doesn't need to get wasted anymore. He's 45. I still do. Here's right. peekaboo. I still do. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think the stories are helping an audience be like, Oh, this is a guy who works. It just sounds sad to me when you see somebody that's old, like you guys partying last night. (laughs) No, man, you don't. You're on your third marriage, dude. Don't do these jokes anymore. Change your life. So touring for me is like now is, is being incredibly grateful that people want to come out and see the shows. And guess what? I do a better show if I'm not drinking Mm -hmm. or, and I'm not hungover. And now I would much rather go, you know, I don't, I don't have massive crowds, but I need to make sure that they want to come back the next time I come through that city. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way I can do that is by making sure that the show that they saw last year is topped by the next show. And the only way I can do that is by maintaining my well-being mentally and physically. And that means a little less partying. I still have my drinks. I still, I mean, I like drugs. I don't really need that life. I mean, mushrooms, sure, dude. They're just good for humanity. Whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, I, that's how touring is. It's like, man, I got I, I make I make enough money to stay at Hampton Inns now instead of the cheapest option. 
That's luxury to me. The illusion of cleanliness. The handbone ends, I mean, man. That's it. Like, look at it. This place seems unfucked in here. Right. <laughs> I know right. it's not, but at least it appears as much. Right. Yeah. Whereas you get some like sixty dollar best Western room, and like the you could tell the staff like the must of the front desk staff. Oh. Just finger banging each other. Yeah, hangs it's in so the bad. Air. It, my my wife and I stopped at a place on one of our travels a couple of years ago. It was just last minute, like needed something, right? We had a fucking dog with us. Like, why are yeah. we traveling with a dog? And we, there was a list in the in the room of the amount, the value amount, the dollar value of all the things in the room. Like, if you steal the telephone, it's going to cost you thirty five dollars. <laughs> I'm like, this just. This isn't good. If you steal a pillow, like everything in the room was itemized with a dollar amount with it. I'm like, this is the worst. Which is like an extension of the fancy hotels. Like, did you like this bathrobe? Well, it's actually $500 in the gift shop. By the way, (laughs) do you like this telephone? 35 bucks if you walk out. (laughs) Steal it. Yeah. We're we're trying to remodel this place. We're trying to get some insurance fraud right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So then I, I wanted to ask you something very specific or maybe chime in on something very specific. As a musician, I always thought this, it didn't really hit me, I guess, until like two years ago. And I can't remember why or where I was, but I was like, oh, fuck, that didn't make any sense until I just heard somebody else say it to me. I made a record that nobody knew what it was going to be sounding like and how I put it together, all this very, you know, lock and key for the most part until that record comes out and then the fans hear it and then you say, sweet, now I'm going to go play those songs every single night for sometimes upwards three to four years, depending on how successful the record is. You, as a comedian, do a complete opposite, I feel like, version of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not out there in the clubs doing the the shit that they just watched on Netflix on your special, you're out there figuring out what's going to work for that special. Right. And then you yeah. put that special out and then you don't even fucking think about those, those, those welly manicured timed bits that you spent yeah. years eating the shit, getting drunk to think of. And yeah. um, how does that work for you? Like, like, can you give us like the, your process in general? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, comedy relies on the element of surprise. And I think like, a lot of music relies on the element of familiarity where like you have to get somebody like give the new stuff a chance and you'll find that you want to re-listen to this. So I think it's a struggle in both areas. Uh, Mm. But with standup, it's like, yeah, okay, right now I have an hour and change of stuff that I'm like, I want to record this because I can only say this stuff so many times before I've used the analogy before it's like a skateboard deck that loses its snap, you know? Mm-hmm. A new deck, you're going to ollie, it's going to respond great, but then you have that, it just doesn't have, you can still do the same stuff on it, but it's just, or whatever whatever uh, metaphor you want to throw mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. guitar strings that you can still play the song, but you know, it's losing a little luster if you don't change it for a while. <laughs> right, so right. I got to, for myself, I'm like, I need to record this and get to something new. And it's not, it's not a very safe way to do it. You know, idealistically, I'd have two hours ready to go. I'd record one. So as soon as that comes out, which now there's no process anymore, you just record it and put it on YouTube for free because, you know, no, nobody (laughs) else cares. You know, my stuff, I got embroiled with that whole Spotify thing. Oh, darn, I'm losing $37 a month because my five hours of material or (laughs) my five hours of standup is not Spotify, but more that it's more because a track could come up in someone else's playlist and 
somebody could be like, oh, who's that? I want to look at more of their stuff. That's what they've taken away from me though. Right. So that's why you just go to YouTube, put it out. Yeah. Then after once that that's out, I don't like the idea of telling jokes. I know people heard before. I mean, I'm sure you've been in a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, you all, you got your fun stories that you're going to tell and you start telling when you realize somebody's there that heard that story before. And then yeah. just the, the entire idea that like, Oh, here's a, an anecdote I'd like to chime in on. And that you could tell, they know the punchlines you're going to mm. hit. They know it's like, even though the other nine people there don't, didn't hear the story, I'm worried about the one guy that did. Right. So that's why if I do stand up and I put an album out, even if it's like only been out a week, if I know I've been, I did that joke the last year I was there and I'm doing those jokes again. Why would those people, again, like I said, why would those people come back and see me? They just paid money to see the same jokes again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, makes total sense. And once you, yeah. once you put it, once you put it on recording, whether it's YouTube or audio or video or both, <clears throat> is there a sense of like, now I can leave that now, now that is really mm-hmm. gone. And A, you feel good about that. It's being gone and you know that you've kind of been unburdened from it. But then uh, is it hard to get the creative spark again? Or is it always just kind of stuff feeding behind it? Right. Are you constantly writing or is there, are there ups and downs? How does it work? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it it just turns into a muscle that, you know, you kind of, or a filter that you process everything with. I mean, I've been at it for 22 years at this point. And so it does become this filter that everything you do kind of goes through. Like my natural response is to make a joke about something or to respond with seeing not the first obvious thing that's funny about it, but the fourth obvious thing. Right. I guess that's not what obvious is if it's the fourth thing. Right. (laughs) Don't worry. It's the opposite. Right. We'll walk into that. Yeah. So you know, that deep, that deeply buried, obvious. Answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the second yeah. guess. That's stuff you really times. got a dig for that then jumped out right it's at so you. Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah, it's like it was, I found, where'd you find it? The last place I looked. Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah. So, but I, I just, it's still fun for me. Like it's yeah. still, it, this was going to be the thing that I was going to do anyway, whether success came with it. Like, Again, I, you know, I got all comparisons and metaphors, but I figure it's like somebody that plays, it's like a pub, it's a pub sport. It's poker or it's darts. It's the thing mm-hmm. that you were going to get out of the house twice a week to meet your buddies with was going to be an open mic show that I would do. Like, oh, that's where my buddies go and they drink and they try new jokes out. And if you never get past that point, who cares? That's your night out at the bar that you see your friends. And that's your social night where you also have this hobby you practice. Mm-hmm. But what if you can take it a little further? What if you can become a, a guy that knows poker well enough that you can get to bigger and bigger games, this and that? So it's never going to be finished. There's no, like the idea of recording something and getting rid of it is like, oh, great. Now I got the challenge of coming up with a brand new hour and right. I got to top that last one. And it's frustrating. But if I didn't, if I, if it was only frustrating, I wouldn't do it. I'm incredibly lazy. Right. That's why I never made it in a band. I'm like, oh, we all got to get on the same page and then load gear. Yeah, that's. I like practice. I like going to practicing because practice like I was in a band with my friends and we just like drank beer and shot the shit. It was fun. Every time we had a gig, we're like, this sucks. Yeah, we got to get real. It's got to get serious now. Yeah, people are going to realize we're not a good band if we play in front of people. (laughs) And here we're the best band we've ever heard. Yeah, we may as well quit. 
Uh, girlfriend's going to be like, like, oh, that's what you've been doing on Thursday nights? <laughs> I think it's sucked. the acoustics in that venue. Yeah, the venue. We sounded was, like shit. It was the PA sucked. We Stripped up over that we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't start the same song over nine times because we were too drunk. We sounded pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> when did you, the, here's your Wikipedia question. When did you, When? what was the absolute spark, the moment where you're like, I fucking got to do this. I got to do this. Or, you know, the, there's nothing else I'm going to do. What What was that? What? When did you hit that spark? What What happened? Oh, like, like immediately when I first <laughs> tried it was just, especially in Chicago, where like, like I said, I came from music and there's, so this is like mid to late nineties. I've seen all the music and those were always the coolest guys. And they were already funny. Like the best thing about Chicago is like all these bands, like maybe there were, was that click of like guys that took themselves really seriously. But I, all the bands that I saw were already funny and like, Oh, oh they're already doing this. So like I started stand up and people were like, well, just tell the jokes between songs. Somebody else does. Are oh, you going to just stand up there by yourself and tell jokes? Well, I That's can't dumb. sing. I can't <laughs> yeah. sing. <laughs> I can't do anything musically. You've seen, um, but right, but right away when I saw that, because I didn't know what I was going to get into. You think like comedy was like always, especially late nineties. It wasn't quote unquote cool or like a thing that it is now, where kind of everybody dabbles in it somehow. If they're showbiz adjacent, I think. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like, oh, like blazer sleeves rolled up. Like, oh, my wife's nuts. My kids. I'm like, I don't have either of those. I don't relate to any of this. But I, for some reason, Mitch Hedberg is still doing it. How, right. did, he, how did he break through right. being this long-haired weirdo with one-liners? There's got to be some sort of scene. And I found it. And then I saw all these dudes at an open mic, like, like the, 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 all these comics that were not trying nightclub stuff. They were like guys that were kicked out of like kicked out, but like Chicago had like this art scene where it's like musicians that weren't in bands. It was dudes that were like, did the poetry scene, but were also silly and didn't have an outlet within poetry to do that. So they would do these really funny poems and stuff. And then musicians and a bunch of people that like had joined sec moved to Chicago to be in second city and found that, or to be like some uh, MLM scheme with their classes and then so they were jaded and just went to stand up because it's like oh I, all I have to do is worry about myself and I kind of was attracted to that scene of loners <laughs> that were there and it took place in a bar so that was already easy to get into like oh it's in a it's in a place that I want to be at anyway it's in a shitty bar well this is great yeah uh, I'm gonna get paid in drinks even better it's like I'm making money right <laughs> Uh, did you have, did yeah, you have right away? I was like, this is going to be, this is what I'm going to do. Did you have a business sense? Cause now it seems like if you're trying to do anything, whether it's, whether it's comedy or stand up or art or, you know, any kind of performance thing, there's all this really big, there's gotta be like this business savvy thing. It's like, you got to get in and, and clear. This is before, if you're talking about 25 years or so is before yeah. that was a thing. Right. But was there, what was your business mindset at that point? Were you just like, I'm just going to go do <laughs> these things. Right. That's why it's funny. You, so yeah. you're, you just went and did those things and just did it and did it and did it and then started to build something in an organic way. Cause now it seems like, well, you got to do this on Twitter. You got to come there's a funny video you got to do once a week and then the algorithm this right and all this so that was was that what was your path well i'll, I'll say uh and i don't know if it's the same with music but it's like there's you know you have the two ends of the spectrum you got people with hustle and people with talent yeah and then most everybody is some mixture of those 
And the hardest thing to deal with is the people with the more hustle than talent will always be more successful. Mm. Uh, because they're going to put it together. Well, I got to have this, this, and this put together. I go, is it funny? No, but they, they look good and they got this put together. And this looks slick and isn't that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the most, the most, the funniest comedians out there are people that nobody knows about right now. Cause they don't have the other, but I, I, I had no business. I had no business sense. I didn't get into stand. You don't get into stand up and give a business sense. Right. Or if you do, you're not funny. If you start stand up going, here's my five year plan. You're probably a shit comic. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get and stories musician. of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even some musicians can still be like, all right, yeah. I'm going to play gig. I'm like, I'm a skilled, uh, bass player that can be hired out for different types of bands you know and can still piecemeal together like a comedian you can be like i'm a corporate friendly clean cut comedian great for your christmas party that's probably not a fun act but (laughs) well we as you can tell chad real quick we have gone live to facebook hello to all of the folks out there in uh, facebook world facebook land as you can tell your your typical host Justin Press is uh, not available tonight. So fortunately for everyone, I'm here in his stead. I'm Al McManus, Chad Nicefield, and we are chatting with Kyle Kinane, who will be joining us on the cruise here in just a, sh- a couple short weeks, actually. And uh, remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, we're making really good waves. No pun with this podcast. We're in episode 70 now, and uh, things are really picking up for us. It's a great way for us to communicate and connect with our community of guests and fans and uh we love having you here so thank you uh we were just um kind of cutting through with uh with kyle here about kind of the beginning and uh the end and the middle and some music and some uh all kinds of interesting things so remember on monday next week the podcast will drop uh monday at 8 a.m and you can check out the entire thing there uh but in the meantime chad what what do you have next for our esteemed guest so you said you've been doing um this for 22 years. I would assume that that would mean by uh, proxy 2000 uh, would be around the period of time when you started. Uh, math. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2010, <laughs> Chad, way to go. I, I, got got it. Got it. <laughs> I took me 30 minutes to get there, uh, but I did it. Uh, and then I, uh, I remembered that your first special came out, what, 2010, uh, which is death of the party. Yeah. My, yeah. Okay. Which was audio, not video. But if what I read about, well, well I've listened to it, but then I read all the stuff on it and you did it at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yeah. And I was going to take this whole entire first part of what we've been talking about, about doing open mics with your buddies and being like, wow, I'm fucking good at this. I want to do this. And how did you get from there to then doing a special with such a, you know, a prestigious, even still to this day, uh, uh, a group of people in a group of in, in a theater setting like that to, to well, put out, you know? Well, the, the, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that I, uh, we're going back to you ask what kind of business sense I had getting into comedy. Yeah. And, uh, there, all I knew is that my life was going to be streamlined down with, I live with a very low overhead at the time, you know, no kids, no marriage. Not that I swore those things off entirely, but I was like, I didn't have, uh, any, designs on that as a, a young man like well you gotta make it as a i kind of felt that as a trapping of the of the fucking suburbs as i wear the hat <laughs> um, i didn't like, see the i didn't see the top part i just saw the suburbs now yeah. now it's great yeah before it was there's just good hat, yeah, yeah there's this like you can like do <laughs> custom sports logos on your hat so i got on the chicago bears colors but 
Because everybody, like, everybody thinks I'm from Chicago. I never lived in the city. I'm like, like, what part of Chicago? I'm always like, ah, oh, the part where the tornadoes start. That's the part of Chicago I'm from. <laughs> and so, so I never, I just was like, I was like, well, I really felt like if this maybe put it into some sort of uh, uh, religious sense of being a agnostic atheist and like, oh, this is our one shot to enjoy this uh, a weird stretch of uh, consciousness is being alive for what, what is really a, a grain of rice sized amount of time that, okay, uh, I'm going to go after this very silly dream uh, to make sure there's no uh, human collateral damage around me. I won't get, you know, think I've got to get married like the suburbs. I think get you get you thinking you've got to success is judged by this house and the cars and how many kids and we don't have, not about if you like what you do for a living, but do you have these material things to present to the outside world to say that you're successful? Are you happy? No, never mind that. I'm successful. And I really got scared of that kind of idea. And so I was like, well, I want to go for happiness first and foremost. Uh, and not just like, you know, get fucked up and not worried about stuff. I did that for a long time, too. But like have something that keeps you excited. Comedy, like I was saying before, comedy is this it's a it's a jigsaw puzzle with no edges. You know, you just keep finding more mm -hmm. pieces and it just it it goes on infinitely as long as you're interested in it. And so I found that thing. And so I'm just gonna keep doing stand-up for as long as I can mentally handle it. Cause it's exciting to me. And uh, at this point, I've talked enough where I forgot the original question. Yeah, and so did we. Uh, I don't, what well, was your mother's really maiden name? Mother's maiden name. <laughs> yeah, mother's maiden name. <laughs> I don't know uh, how no, we got it, here from there, but uh, I was I was trying to ha uh, ask you specifically because with all your oh. credits before that special came out in 2010, your first your debut hour at uh, Upright Systems Brigade, you had yeah. other work in the voice space and acting space, but largely, I think, you know, if I would have just put what I would say, your rock landing into people's homes, whether those are big homes or small homes, that's the kind of the start of it, if I'm correcting yeah. me wrong. So you yeah. had to have some sort of like somebody to be like, you should do this. This was going to be, you know, the next move for you. I was just curious what your path was until from 2000 yeah. to 2010, you know? Sure. I, I moved uh, in 2003. I think I decided like, all right, I've been doing comedy around Chicago enough that I was I got enough encouragement that you had choices to either go on the road from Chicago and kind of work all these, uh, you know, independent, like the, the independent comedy scene, I think has come leaps and bounds in the last 20 years, as far as shows that are like this audience is here to see a good show and not just be drunk on pictures of like cheap pictures of beer and yell at whoever they got to, you know, whatever punching bag they hired. <laughs> but that was the kind of circuit you could run out of Chicago. If you wanted to do that, I knew people that right away, as soon as they could work the road from Chicago, would go out and they'd come back with horror stories. Like what happened? Like somebody threw a dead fish at me. Like, mm. but I made 75 bucks and now they have to do that because they don't have a day job. I'm like, I'm going to keep a day job until as long as I can for as long as I can. So as to not ruin comedy with needing it to make money for me. Does that what make sense? That? What was yeah, the day totally. job? What were the oh, day jobs? Boy. The last one I had, I was closed. The last job I had in LA was I was closed captioning television. I was typing in the captions on the bottom of the screen. 
but that was was that but is that shit live how does that work you're no, doing no, that no, post no we always got tapes we always got tapes oh, the people that would do like the live stuff they were like the top guns yeah the, the, and they were they were weird folk they'd come in <laughs> they'd come in they wouldn't like just sunglasses on with a giant machine like the 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 barrel that you get from 7-Eleven, just like the <laughs> barrel of Mountain Dew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they would just go into a one a windowless room, and you just see them come out looking bloodshot and frazzled <laughs> to run to the bathroom and run back in <laughs> during a commercial break. And they would just, yeah, they would just like they didn't talk to anybody. They came in, they left. They were like mercenaries, truckers. We, they sound like truckers of the, the, <laughs> the closed yeah. caption world, all, but uh, really yeah, good listeners. Bloodshot on the steno machine, just yeah. going for it. So, I, anytime people are like, "Oh, look at this spelling error," I'm like, "You type out anything you heard live, yeah. And see how many <laughs> spelling errors, yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy." So, in my scramble to uh, catch up here to fill in for our for our lovely host, um, I did the not the deep dive, but the shallow dive on the YouTube yeah. channels, and um, I love the hot ones thing, man. It's one of my favorite things. When I saw you on, I was like, no shit, he was on this. This is amazing. Oh, thanks. And you killed it because you didn't die, right? From sweating on camera. Yeah. But I noticed I noticed a couple of things you said in there where I felt like there was a, uh, I can't say a love-hate relationship, but you definitely had a complicated relationship with social media. And I'm wondering um, the status of that relationship today. Uh, it's it's a necessary evil. It's a, you know, I, I, I finally in, in no light terms from Spotify mm. removing a lot of comedy. I finally gave up. I've had a TikTok account that my management set up and I finally like, all right, let me try it. Let me go. Like, listen, if, if, if the Chinese tech companies want to map my face, they've done it through zoom over the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. I don't think TikTok is going to give them any, information that is not that i've not already signed away on by accepting cookies so i could look at tits on a website somewhere <laughs> so <clears throat> it's all it's all out there anyway anybody's right, right. Point to, i'm open to it al um i i know <laughs> i i it's it really is this necessary evil and i can kick and scream about it but how much can you how much can you complain about something that will only help your career depending on right. how you handle it. Right. But I just don't like, I don't like that. It feels obligatory. Right. For the fact that everybody. It's, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Look how fluttered it is with just people just dancing and this and that. And they have 9 million followers just because of nothing. And you get frustrated as a quote unquote artist going, well, I'm trying to make an actual thing, but because it doesn't fit the, format for tiktok or an instagram video it's not appreciated as much it's like i can't get mad at that you know that's what that that's that platform so either adapt to that platform i don't I, i'm sure somebody's pissed that i get people to show up at my stand-up because they hate my fucking stand-up <laughs> or your face <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah or yeah or like yeah or more so stand-up they you know that was great because it was the last form for ugly people and now the, the, now, the attractive <laughs> people are have, have come in and taking all yeah taking all the entertainment dollars and uh, entertainment hours from the actual talent yeah people. what are you you're beautiful yeah. what 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 do you have interesting to say 
Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> fascinating though, right? That beautiful just kind of rules. And I think at some point that'll I think at some point that'll probably maybe it won't change. I don't know. Maybe we're hardwired mm. that way. I don't know. But they're not as funny as ugly people. No, they're not. Ugly fu- ugly people are the funniest. That's why Chad just just kind of lays there, you know? Cuz look at how handsome he is. Let's be honest, Chad. You're doing great, Chad. Oh my god, you guys are now now I feel like I'm put on this. Thank you very much. You know, well, it's a, I feel good. Go. Good state. <laughs> it's a Thank you very much. You're you're funny 2022 attractive. coming in uh, marginally hot. I feel like so. Uh, um, so, so Kyle, since we do have a uh, captive audience of, I'm sure ones of dozens at this point. Oh, um, yeah. Crushing it. Let's talk for a moment about you and your history with a cruise ship. Have you been on a cruise ship before? Yeah. Twice I was on a cruise ship. Oh, okay. I was uh, as a child, I was on a Disney cruise, had a great time as a child. Yes. And then as an adult, I was on. Um, there was a much like how Shiprock. Now, will Shiprock have anybody that doesn't know there's a heavy metal concert happening no. on the cruise? No, it's it's a charter. Everybody <laughs> there did so on okay. is there on purpose? Okay, because I was on one where it was it was just a small segment of a, like one of these large cruise ships that was yeah. for a comedy festival. But gotcha. people that the, people that were going to the comedy shows knew they were on the cruise for that reason. So right. I did. That I was on that cruise with my uh, good friend Matt Bronger, who I started comedy mm-hmm. with in Chicago uh, years ago. Just, just talking to him today, and uh, we had a great time. Just because now, as I did that whole spiel about how you don't have to party anymore, we both were like, "All right, we're going on this cruise." And then they—I don't know if Shiprock does the same thing. Like as soon as you get on, they make you select which drink package <laughs> you'd like to participate in. And then no, the highest the, was like the double diamond package. And we're both like, well, what were we going to not get that one? Yeah. We're getting the double diamond. Yeah. <laughs> but then you do that. And then you like are financially beholden to fulfill. Right. However much money you said you were going to drink that day. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were just like, just the end of the day, like just daiquiris, just to hold them. Just like, I don't want this at all. This is so gross. <laughs> once, once again, obligated. And I will, I will say yeah. for the record here, as our Shiprock guests are, are viewing this, this is another reason why there's no drink packages on Shiprock right there. <laughs> yeah, damn, there damn, you go. See, even Kyle Kinane will tell you that it's not worth the money. Everybody is you're just forced to drink it. So, yeah, yeah so, so that's great. You've been on a cruise, so you know a little bit about it. Well, our, if you, you know, the Disney cruise was a bad example, but if had you been on a cruise as an adult, just a regular cruise, we'll call it just a, just a run of the mill kind of Monday through Friday, you know, with no event, yeah. so to speak on it, I would say my typical line is, okay, then you've never really been on a cruise because Shiprock is that much different than a regular cruise. It's, you know, the yeah. ship transforms and it's just this whole community of people that are just ready to fucking rock, man. You know? Yeah. So have you, have you familiarized yourself with any of the artists or the singers bands that are going to be on board and, and do you dig any of them or what's your, what's your musical stylings these days? I was, I'm kind of, I'm not sure the layout, but you know, as a comedian, you get to play festivals and some of the best parts of that are just walking around going, I'm pretty out of touch. What a great time to learn mm-hmm. about everything is at a festival of like, that sounds good over there. Let me check yeah. it out. That sounds good over there. Let me check it out. So I was, I mean, I know like Lamb of God, I know them actually a, a buddy of mine who's a, a, a pal from Wisconsin, but played in a lot of metal bands. I'm like, do you know any of these guys? Like, oh, these are always like those are nice guys. These are nice guys. These are sweet guys. This whole thing, the whole roster is like real sweet guys. Sweet oh, guys. Sweet yeah. guys. Lamb of there. God, Lamb of God, sweet guys. 
Yeah, yeah they, true. Like, they, they really are. Yeah. <laughs> the most, yeah, the grotesque, like, like, uh, and promo shots. He's like, he's a real sweetheart. Sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's great, yeah. great fellow. Yeah. D- the oh, boys, let him kiss your baby. Yeah, yeah the boys of D, the boys of D side. Great, great fellas. I, mean, I don't think have you had DS side? Have you gotten DS side no, on the boat? No, we haven't. I, I was just I was actually emailing back and forth with one of the guys that plays in DS side just the other day, and it was funny because he was super nice, super nice guy. I was like, he's in DS side. That's funny, but no, uh, that not quite as dark as that. Uh, Shiprock definitely leans towards I the. Was gonna, yeah, yeah. I, was say, I don't think DS side can appear in the sunlight. No, I don't think they can. They they vanish into dust. But yeah. uh, no, Shiprock is, ha- is uh, it's a good, it's, you know, there's some bands out there that just don't, I, I'm not going to name them, but we, you know, that we look at booking year after year and it's just like, they don't really fit the, the Shiprock is so fun that some bands just don't really, you know, it's like there's yeah. got certain energy and the super negative energy is uh, for some. And I, I don't think it's, it's really for this kind of vibe when you're talking about a beach and, and a fuzzy drink, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, so Lamb of God, I know already. I like somebody who's saying to check out 68. So I was looking at some of their videos, like just a guitar and drum kind of real. So good. Yeah. Like speaking of Anytime all show days, that, that dude's a, a, a the singer's a, like a warrior from that period of time. Like, yeah, oh, really? still, still is really. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So he'll, he, you'll get along with him just in general from that, the saga of life that you go. And they knew it. Only, only two guys. Two guys they knew how to like, see? Strip it down. That's right. Okay. So we made one dollar. player. I got a pedal. <laughs> hey, ba- hey, drummer, we made $1 tonight. We don't really have to think too hard about how we split this, do we? Yeah. 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 yeah we're going to, we're just going to, whatever. Yeah. 101 yeah. Dalmatians, uh, some, uh, <laughs> some ramen together. That's yeah. not where the dogs, that's something else. That's a different right. thing. It's a different thing. I didn't learn a lot on that Disney cruise, I'll tell you. I didn't learn my good point. Yeah. How old but, were you? Uh, how old were you when you did that one? I was a child. Okay, yeah, you got a child barely a memory, barely excitable memory. by characters. Well, we said um, we, you mentioned POD a minute ago before we started uh, recording with a hilarious joke that will probably won't make the cutting room. We'll be on the cutting room floor, I guess. Oh, really? But the POD I guys. Just, yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know how many jokes I can make at metalheads. Uh, at them? Find it oh, funny. our guests find themselves. They're they they're lovable they're the, well, they'll all laugh okay. at themselves yeah good they're, all they're right, we're gonna be a little bit of a roast yeah yes, maybe. Just, they sure. so here's so, to be sitting in a chair and they're gonna we're gonna walk them out <laughs> one by one and you're just gonna um, say whatever you want well, it's, I've, I've done comedy at punk rock bowling and that's like shooting yeah. fish in a sleeveless denim vested barrel <laughs> It's It's gonna be a good time. It is gonna Um, be a good time. But so no, I really don't know a lot of stuff, and that's why I think it's gonna be fun to just Mm -hmm. and especially to see it live. You can always hear something like I kind of like that, but see like how a band puts on a live show can really make or break like why I want to be a fan of them. Sure. Because then you listen to music and you remember how insane the live show was you're like yeah this doesn't capture it but i know how great these guys are live yeah for sure for sure there's uh there's always one of those two one or two of those sometimes Mm -hmm. more in the 12 years we've been doing it where you walk around you go holy shit and for me one of the best ones was chad's band wilson uh in 2014 on our cruise that was just fucking blew everybody's mind yeah really good he won't be performing that band on shiprock this year but i just wanted to say it Uh, oh yeah that's really nice of you just wanted That's to very nice that. of you. So, uh, with uh, what did you go? Just on a pure curiosity here, beyond our lineup on the ship, when you like 
put headphones on or get in your car, whatever it is. What is it that you is your go to? Uh, even if it's just two or three records that you just like did, I'm probably going to put something like this on, even if it's just nowadays, it doesn't have to be. About oh, yeah. I mean, I, this is like, a, I, I wish like my year end wrap ups on all the streaming services just look the same for the past 10 years. Like it's like, <laughs> Oh, look who listened to naked Ray gun a bunch this year. <laughs> even though yeah. They haven't. Uh, yeah, I usually, I've, I've been defaulting to so much. I did that same thing. Like, you see people that were like, oh, no, this era of music reminds me of this era of my life. And so by listening to it, I'm just going back to better times as opposed to going like, well, maybe right now is pretty good, too. And you could attach some new music to these new memories. And I've been lazy with that, straight up lazy with that. And now I'm just I'm just I don't have kids, but I'm just somebody's dad every time in a car ride. Now, who's this? Mm-hmm. Who's this now? No, I have Shazam, but you could just tell me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I find new music in the Le- every time I'm in the Levi store, I'm just I don't even care. I'm just Shazam. And where's the speaker? Where's yeah. this? Is the speaker here? Who's this? Walking around with this I don't even here. care. Yeah, like I'm not stealing this jacket. I was trying it on, but I need to know who this but, is. Are you All shopping, sir? No, I'm, I'm not shopping. I'm not shopping. Yeah, you know, you know how many times it's been a Bruno Mars song more than I'm comfortable with. I'm sure it is. He's the new prince. I just need to admit that young fella's got quite a future. Yeah, he's pretty great. And it's also because it's when I'm like, you know what? This is a fun song that you can kind of dance to. What? Who cares? Let's listen to it. Well, and oh, got a cool jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel good in the The story's giving me confidence. That's how they know. The music goes like, hey, look at what you're wearing. You look, yeah, look good. what you're wearing. Yeah. yeah. If it sounds good, it looks good. Yeah. 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 You could yeah. be Bruno Mars. Um, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, listen like here. Burlington Coat Factory. Like, <laughs> fooled around and fell in love. Like, I just need a sport coat for a funeral. Can you guys help me out? I don't want to be in here longer than I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but liking I something. My grandmother just died. I want to look nice. I don't. Let, just let me get out of here. <laughs> oh, God. My fucking neck. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't even remember where we were. I just, at. Think I just pulled my <laughs> neck. We just riffing, man. But that says something about you, Kyle, as as an older fella or an experienced fella, that you're willing to hear something that's new and go, "Hey, I like that," rather than going, "Oh, it's pop bullshit." Just, "Hey, man, I like what I like," right? And well, and how often do you see people that just turn into like, well, the the, the era of music that I listened to it was the greatest era that ever was, and therefore that anything admitting that any generation younger than you can do something of quality is such a dead end. And I don't want to look like a weird youth freak of like the guy that's too old to be at the all ages show without a kid. Like I I still have to pretend like, have you seen my son? I still have to like say that occasionally. I'm just like at an all ages show because that's where the band I want to see play. Yeah. In between songs. <laughs> his name's Teddy. He's got the shirt from the band on. Teddy. He likes him a lot. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I just don't know where to get exposed. I mean, top 40 radio doesn't do anything for me. XM is kind of like uh, okay with some of the channels. I'm not listening like, but then I still listen to like the hair nation channel or the punk channel, which for some reason just plays a some 41 song, every third song. I don't know who's got naked pictures of an exec at Sirius XM that some 41 gets that much airtime. No offense to some Psalm 41, 41 everybody. Sorry. Uh, now they're going to throw me over the boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> different crews. Uh, uh, yeah. Different crews. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't want to get caught up in that. 
new stuff is dumb because it's young people things. Yeah. It's a, it's a trap that so many people fall into. And well, they forget that their stuff that they listen to. I always say this about SoundCloud rappers and stuff like that. When people get all haywire about this, these kids, it's like, man, it's punk rock. It's the same version of opening up the trunk of your your car after the fucking call show as kids pile out and you hand them whatever cassette tape or whatnot yeah. it is. Just That's just their version of giving away their music. And this is them repel, rebelling from the normal lane of traffic until it becomes so large that it's making money and kids think that that's the way they got to do it, yeah. right? Same with punk. Some, somebody just described dubstep that's the one with the crazy engine noises right yeah and i don't i'm not a fan of it but somebody was like at least they're trying to make something new like sonically trying to create a new sound and i was like i can't argue with that at all from like the beginnings of people like cutting the cones in their amps to get distortion like oh they're just trying to take all these elements and make it you might not like it but the thing that this inspires might be what you like. So good for people getting out there and trying to craft a new thing, even though my default is to make fun of everything that I don't understand. I should hope so. I should hope so. But then, you know, cowardly slink away and then try and reassess why, Oh, it's just because I'm scared of death and therefore new things make me feel closer to the light. And so I need to, reassess and be okay and well accept as I, young people's efforts with as, I, as i've consumed uh a lot of your media lately you have that element though it's, it's there's a self-deprecation there's a self-awareness of listen you said it on a, more than once that i heard yeah i know i know i'm hypocritical when i say this but right it's like yeah yeah be picking on people and noticing those things you know that's okay that's okay because at the end of the day you're still you're not hurting anybody with we are you're not really judging anybody you're making a joke making a comment and it's funny and yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah recognize the source material I, I you know comedians that are so like let me tell you how the world works you don't know how the world works you're a comedian because you were bad at everything else mm. you don't become a comedian because you were a great accountant and decided you needed a challenge it's like no look i fucked up all these other things but i can share me fucking up at them with people for laughter so that's why I'm in this position, not because, oh, no, actually, I studied uh, sociological progress in Eastern Europe uh, countries from the years 1912 to 1963. So I can comment on what's happening. No, you don't know shit. It's a cool yeah. standpoint to be in, but I'm, I'm more attracted to comedians and musicians that are like, I don't know, we kind of believe in what we're doing. You don't have to, but we believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And so here we go, yeah. which is why. Anytime I start talking like I know something, I got to back up and, and realize just, yeah. <laughs> you're contradicting something you said this morning, dude. So <laughs> yeah. full disclosure, let people know that you're full of shit yeah, right away. Yeah. Uh, and I know we're, uh, we're getting up against our hour long here and we appreciate you so much for joining us, man. It's been great. Uh, we have two quick segments that we like to do as we wrap up and Chad has a, another, like a third thing that we've been doing week to week. But before, uh, before we get to that, I do want to say there was uh speaking of the old man at the concert thing. And you mentioned dubstep. Mm-hmm. I, uh, 12 years, 11 years ago, nine years ago, I drove two and a half hours to Knoxville, Tennessee from, from Nashville, uh, to go to some DJ club to see a dubstep artist named Skrillex. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. I was 40. And that was super weird. I, if I had known at the time, 
I'd have been like, uh, yeah, where's, where's Ricky? I haven't seen, have you seen my boy? Yeah, yeah. Right. That thing would have been super handy, but you know, it was, it was interesting. I was the old fart there. I had a couple of drinks. I went by myself. That's how into that sound I was. It just captivated yeah. me because I'm a, I'm a metalhead at heart and the sounds were super heavy and aggressive. And I found that mm -hmm. kid to be really talented and interesting. And it blew my mind. I mean, it actually blew my eardrum. I think I had permanent damages from the vibration, yeah. the, but, but there you go. You know, people step out and, and take a chance on something that you dig and if you like it you like it right yeah or like or like hearing something on a movie soundtrack which i always thought was forbidden to enjoy a song from a movie soundtrack but that's why it's on there so you get excited about that mm -hmm. there's this i think it's just one guy but it's called the mexican institute of sound and i keep mm -hmm. describing it's like if, if urban dance squad and beastie boys collaborated and then it was in spanish whatever they did what and i just oh, okay. it's like weird I, I'm assuming somewhat political social messages, but it's in Spanish, but I also want to learn Spanish. So that's helped, but it's also like crazy mixes and samples all over the place. But with like, sometimes a, uh, like a mariachi horn element, but like it's all over the place. And I, I saw them, I did a festival in Tucson where they were playing and I'm like, I'm dancing against my will to this. <laughs> right, right. I'm by myself and I look like this and I just, I can't help but enjoy this show yeah. live. Yeah. So interesting. And it was That's... a new sound. It was all these elements mixing together to create a new sound, which is just easier done with electronics. Than yeah, it is it, with... It, yeah, it sure is. Yeah. It yeah, really yeah is, it's though. unlimited. So Chad, bands like the Bronx, I'll say the bands like the Bronx who also will do mariachi El Bronx and be like, oh, by the way, and we're not making fun of it. This is a sincere tribute to yeah, we the mean music of Los Angeles, where we're from. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they do a very fucking good job at tributing that uh, that style I, of music. Yeah, it's I don't know incredible. if it's my place to say if they're doing a good job or not. I'd like to hear somebody from, from Mariachi yeah, you're, Plaza. You're probably who, right. I should have heritage in that scene be like, oh, actually, this is not offensive <laughs> to us. Because right now it's white guys wearing the little jackets with the embroidery. I'm like, yeah, shit, can I, I like this? Somebody yeah. tell me if this is cool. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it sounds yeah. good. So yeah, yeah, I, mean, I like, like it, but I'm not going to say it's uh, honorable to the yeah. culture. That's it might be appropriating, but uh, at the same time, I like yeah. it. Uh, um, so uh, what, do, what What would you like? This is called Walk the Plank. So just so you know, I'm just going to go at you with a question um, right. that probably has nothing to do with being a comedian or um, music or anything like that. Uh, and then he'll give you one. Mine is, uh, what would you like to find at a yard sale? I'd like to find at a yard sale. 80s BMX parts and bikes. <laughs> parts and bikes to build one bike? Yeah, I already have one that I'm trying to revamp and just uh 80 like any 80s skate. I mean, if we're going garage sale, I'm thinking nostalgic stuff and stuff mm -hmm. that I cared about as a kid where like skateboarding bikes were like somebody's somebody's son moved out and they didn't know that this original, you know, Caballero yeah. deck. I don't know. Yeah, a store. dollar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great answer. What remains undone that you'd wanted to get done for years? Wow. Really went from yeah. specific. We're, to walking the, we're, we are walking the plank, my friend. Arr. Like I said, you know, I keep talking about, I want to learn Spanish and I, I truly long story short, I don't know about the future of maybe. Spanish. 
uh, well, English. <laughs> at least trying to at least trying to be in America for much longer. Me personally, <laughs> I'm like, well, I can either learn a skill that can move across borders that doesn't rely on language so much, or I can learn another language to maintain the skill that I still have to move across some borders. So I think I I need to stop talking about wanting to learn Spanish and learn some Spanish. There you go. Yeah. Good answer. It's interesting. You went that way. It wasn't like, so that I can order from the Mex the menu at the Mexican restaurant more fluently. It was like, yeah. I, I want to share my, I want to share my love of uh, what I do in a different language to a different group of people. That's cool. Good answer. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know if you've been to a Mexican restaurant, they know what you're saying. No hablo, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I go to one Mexican restaurant that refuses to take an order. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's Ow. pollo. It's pollo. Okay, right. I thought it was polo. Good for them, good for them, man. Yeah. <laughs> so the last part of this, for at least for me, is uh, every uh, episode I ask the guest um, to ask our next guest a question without knowing who that next guest is going to be. I mean, so like okay. they're just asking a question. So this guy, uh, his he goes by the name of Zero Nine Three Six. He'll be on the ship. His band's called. Okay. Well, I guess he's a one person band, but we'll have a band there. And we had him on last week, and his question was, I feel pretty great. Um, and that was, uh, who was the best WWF uh, wrestler, but inside of the Attitude Era, and he defined that as. Um, be, like after Rowdy Rowdy Piper, but you know where like a uh, mankind is and the Undertaker and all that. Okay, stuff. lie. I don't know wrestling. There we you go. Both wrong. We were both wrong. We thought for sure. Well, you said <laughs> '80s BMX bike, and when you said that, I'm like, um, he may, he maybe there's a wild card here, maybe. But that's that is what's weird is that there's huge parts of like that every like every kid my age growing up had some sort of shared enthusiasm or fandom of that. I just missed it. And mm -hmm. I don't know what I was doing. I was probably off in the woods on a BMX bike being shitty yeah. at it. Or, you know, like all the people talk about Saturday Night Live. I was like, if I've met home on a Saturday night, I'm a fucking loser. So I was always like at all ages shows. So again, eighties BMX bikes or pop punk bands from the Midwest in the mid to late nineties. I can go on about. Yeah. But professional wrestling, I feel like. So that's interesting. I've, I'm, who are some of the wrestlers of that era? I, I read Mankind's book. Script book. I that, that was a great, like, insight to how wrestling was so similar to comedy. Like, if the match was, like, if the crowd was bad, the wrestlers would kind of just do stuff to entertain each other and make each yeah. other laugh. And it's like, oh, it's nice to hear about this, the showmanship of it. Yeah, like you know, you don't say it's fake, but the fact, like, the athleticism is off the charts. But then they yeah. still do stuff to make each other laugh. If it was a shitty gig. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I get, yeah, I get this life. I get this lifestyle entirely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, man. Wrestling for me was that thing too. I had a couple of my buddies who went all the way in, man, and I was yeah. playing music, and it was just kind of like that's. And what's funny is that's where our friendship just kind of, you know, at twelve, thirteen, fourteen, it just whoop, two different directions, you mm -hmm. know. So it's interesting. You either, you either, it just kind of either falls in your lap or it doesn't. Um, I have a bonus yeah. walk the plank for you. Um, okay. and, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bid you adieu. 
I got to uh, ask him his question. Ask him for his question. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead, Chad. I'm sorry. You're right. Go ahead. No, oh, actually, it's Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, yeah, Kyle. You need, to ask a, you need to ask a question <laughs> of our guest next week. Well, now do I throw throw them under the bus the way I got handed with this wrestling stuff? Do I say, who was your, your favorite King of Bird champion? Uh, <laughs> pre Wilkerson Airlines. When Ron Wilkerson still rode for Haro, pre, pre Wilkerson <laughs> Airlines. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think, um, what, okay. Knowing that sharks follow a cruise ship. Would you uh, water ski at speed? Can you first off? Can you water ski off the back of a cruise ship? With two parter velocity wise? No, that's uh, for just that's a technical question for the cruise oh, people. Okay, I, I believe how many knots are we moving? I should, I should know the answer, but I believe top speed is in the twenty-three mile an hour range. Okay, so you could Say, saying that that's possible. If you're a true like rock and roll badass kind of guy, would you water ski off the back of a cruise ship, knowing about the shark fact? Knowing, knowing this, and I'll, I'll grab uh, I'll grab the uh, the the verbiage from earlier uh, and use it in your question. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so it would be like knowing that there are schools upon schools of deadly water rabbits out there. Throw allegedly in there because I'm not. Um, Okay, allegedly, yeah. knowing <laughs> allegedly, yeah. if yeah. if 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 this fact were to be this potential fact were to be true, would you do this? The water skiing, mm-hmm. do, dope, love it. And, and also, I would like to add an allegedly too because I'm not sure if it, I think it's like 22, 23 miles an hour top speed. So, given the speed well, we factor, can, we alone, can finagle the numbers on that yeah. just to make yeah. this question and, answerable. And if you can't in real life, this question is: Would you? It doesn't matter if you could or couldn't in real life. Yeah, I just think you see the big boat doesn't look like it's moving at all, and then you see one guy in the back like, "What's up?" God, I, <laughs> I love it. Um, got the it. Bonus, I got it. Now. The bonus walk the plank this evening, um, and we'll, maybe we'll finish on this low light. Um, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, when I eat pork, my stool is a little bit green. Do you have foods that affect you in a similar way? That make me shit. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, because otherwise you you die. <laughs> when I eat food, my stool is, turns out to be a color because it comes out of my body. Um, I will say, uh, make note of whenever you've eaten beets. Beets, yes. Scary. Otherwise, you'll re- you you will scare yourself. And yeah, remember that you ate them and be prepared for the offering. I'm yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to be as uh, couth as possible here. But uh, just make note the night before. Hey, remember you're eating beets. Don't wake up tomorrow. Right. And, and thank you. you and th- an ambulance. <laughs> thank you for keeping it uh, G-rated. I did use the word stool because I'm a professional. Yeah, I did too. Well, see, I work around. Uh, you know, I let people get to the conclusion themselves. I just I shepherd. I thought you were going to say I work around a lot of stools. Uh, you know, oh, or, and, I actually and, work with a lot of stools. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, once uh, I drank, once I threw up four loco, and I also same thing. Like I gotta call, I gotta get an ambulance. Like no, you drank four loco. That's why it's all. It's not. You don't need an red. ambulance. You need vomit and rest. Yeah, you need, you need yeah. some Gatorade. Yeah, hydration. Uh, Kyle, once again, thank you so much for being with us, man. We we I had a great time, and I know Chad was is got his uh, more than significant erection the entire night. 
uh, just I being here know. with you. Oh, yeah, it's something. Yeah. Facebook Live, guys. So, so, so. <laughs> Zucks is going to shut it down. I know. We're going to get shut down, Zuck. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for being with us. Uh, we really look forward to seeing you on the ship. And for our guests watching now, uh, from what I understand earlier in the conversation before we went on air, uh, Kyle is working up a fairly customized uh, set for us on the ship. So uh, it's going to be pretty tailored to our needs. And uh, certainly certainly put your big boy pants and your big girl pants on because you may be the center of those jokes, which is going to be great. Um, you can check out this uh, podcast Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time and YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. And we are, uh, we've been making waves episode 70 with Kyle Kinane. Thank you so much for being here, man. We couldn't, we can't thank you enough. It's been a, it's been a blast. Thank you. You betcha. See you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. Let us know if you have any questions at all, man. I'll take care of you. For sure. Okay, buddy. Bye, Kyle. See you guys. Thanks, Chatty. Bye-bye. Try to be the best person. I was, I was traveling with the missus over the holidays. I kind of took a few months off of comedy, and I was out with the missus. We went to Europe, and I like I love traveling. I think that's a you know, great way to crack your mind open, see other, some other cultures. I'm not good at it in the sense. Like, not that I'm, like, I can get on a plane and sit there, <laughs> but I'm not a good representative of America when I travel. <laughs> Because I still, as much as I want to think I'm cultured, I get to some place and then I always fuck something up. Like. <laughs> so we went to Spain, and like Spain's amazing with a Gothic quarter and this architecture. And I watched a woman; she's walking her dog, and her dog did something, and she started to yell at her dog in Spanish. And my first thought was, dogs don't know Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, lady, look at your dog. Dogs know English. That's what dogs speak. Dogs speak English, you dumb Spanish lady. Come on. You got a cat? All right, a cat might be a little more continental. I can see a cat swiping through some Duolingo lessons, being curious about them. Cats are curious, and they might want to learn another language. Dog, let me look at the dog. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.